Undrowned Black Feminist Lessons from Marine Mammals by Alexis Pauline Gams. Chapter 6 Be Vulnerable. I wonder what our sensitive edges have to teach us. What do our mortality and openness mean to the ecology we could surrender to together? In this section, I explore my own strange teeth, our tendency to hurt people who have already been hurt in similar ways to us, and what it takes to actually lead on the issues that have impacted us the most. Marine mammals live in a volatile substance whose temperature is changing for reasons not of their own making. Their skin is always exposed, they are surrounded on all sides by depth. What could enable us to live more porously, more mindful of the infinite changeability of our context, more open to each other and to our own needs? Pacific white-sided dolphins, sometimes called lags, are social animals. They congregate with many other species of whales, dolphins and porpoises, even seals, sea lions and sea birds for that matter. They practice collaborative foraging and fishing. They sometimes travel in schools of thousands, of hundreds or tens. Within these groups, though, observers have noticed a pattern. What the guidebooks call close-knit groups of five or less dolphins within a school who seem to have made a lasting alliance with each other. What marks these cliques within the boat? Actual marks. They are heavily scarred. Hence these scars. Are these particular dolphin survivors of attacks by orca, a known predator to this species? Are they survivors of tuna nets or fishing boat propellers? Or did they scar each other? Some scientists think these may all be male dolphins. Have they fought each other and nonetheless decided to be best friends? Maybe they are simply elders who have been hurt by all of the things I mentioned and yet are wise enough to keep each other close. I wonder why sometimes we congregate with those who have been hurt in ways that look similar to how we have been hurt about how we sometimes, me too, name identities and even whole organizations based on our scars, and how sometimes those of us with similar vulnerabilities are the ones who scar each other. I wonder sometimes about what keeps us close in a hurting world shaped by intimate violence, in a world that cuts systemically and deep. Another thing, the scars on dolphins and whales also tell there would be benefactors who they are. It is how observing scientists tell them apart. It is useful for getting an accurate count for tracking behavior across expeditions. A dolphin with scars 
is more likely to be known, recognized, named by the watchers, mentioned in funding reports. Do I do that too? Are my wounds the most convenient ways for you to know me? Why do they shape so much of how I know myself? And the whole dynamic of recognition, how does it shape and scar us? What I know is that I was not wrong when I chose to hold you close and stay in range. I knew, I always knew we were still healing and you could see right away that I was not perfect. You could see some pieces of what the world had done and yet what has been done, though still not over, is not the end. And your scars are not all I know about you and my scars are not all I want you to know. And your name is made where life makes itself in me. And your name is medicine over my skin. And our kinship is the kind of salve that heals whole oceans. And love is where I know and do not know you. And love is where we began and where we begin. story of how Stenella Tenuata did not get her spots back, or how she hide, or why, unlike pantropical spot dolphins elsewhere, do pantropical spot dolphins in the Atlantic not be confused with Atlantic spotted dolphins in the Atlantic appear not to have spots. She hide. The best way to not be spotted in the descriptive infinitive is to not be spotted, in the sense of the passive tense, or vice versa. Because once they spot you, that is it. So she hide. That is one way to say it. Another way it is that in the warm Atlantic anything is possible. And even the strongest swimmer must recon with the attenuation of the blood-washed Atlantic, the sight of a sea change in the meaning of skin, a need for stealth. What do I know about this? I know about hiding. I know about creating an opaque image, unattenuated by grief, insecurity and shame. At least I think I do. Many times I have showed up and allowed you think I am here by myself not attended by ghosts, not handed by everything. The best way not to be spotted is not to be. But what if something else is possible and my sweat is at stake? What if the repression of my freckled faults and fears is exactly what will stop me from honoring the ocean of my love? which is older than slavery and lived millennia without shame. What if my swimming unseen sacrifices the wisdom that would waken within you if you saw? What if I have trained you to ignore the truth about me at your peril 
and mine. What then? There are many dolphins in the genus Stenella, striped and spotted, spiners and the hybrid climane. What if we are all necessary in our specificity? Can I trust you to love me with spots? If you clock me, is the time up? I do know that sometimes people have seen a part of themselves in me too messy to bear. Do I cherish my wildness more than I fear their rejection? Sometimes, if I feel all my emotions in public, I cannot make myself speak. But sometimes I speak anyway. And my first marine mama lesson was that if I breathe, I can still speak even while crying. I can breathe through salt water. I can live through this mess. Mammal, recognize mammal. More, recognize more. I love you and your spots and the spot we are in for all that it is teaching us. I love you and your skin as the meaning of skin meets its most strenuous test. I love everything you hide and everything you gave and everything you sowed and everything you made while you waited for me to notice. And the ocean is white through my every pore. Salt recognize salt, more recognize more. Valrous tasks never stop growing. The sign of an elder walrus who has evaded the ivory economy is what we call being long in the tooth. And indeed, the long front teeth of the walrus led them in their movements. First sense the eyes in front of them, leverage their whole weight as they transition between depth and surface. National Geographic translates the scientific name of the walrus, Odobenus rosmarus, as tooth-walking seahorse. Could I evolve to walk with my teeth? By the way, my teeth has very deep roots. Almost none of my baby teeth fell out, ever. Except for one or two, they all had to be extracted. As an adult, I found out I had six wisdom teeth that were then extracted too. Looking at the x-rays, I started to think maybe I was an evolutionary throwback, my very own ancestor. Sometimes I miss all those teeth and my overbite. So much has happened with these bones in my head. Such reshaping of my prehistoric mouth. What have I forgotten? Do you know that uh, even after surgery, years later, a rooted piece the oral surgeons missed still offered up another tooth? Persistent, this ancestor is in my mouth, and I give thanks. Sometimes I wish I lived in a world 
where teeth were never for sale, to fairies or anyone else, where smiles were not commodified, where sewing my teeth was something I never forced myself to do, that I could be as long in action as I am in talk, that where my mouth led was somewhere the whole weight of me could follow. Is it? Can I? We do often lead with the feelings we cannot ignore, from toothache, from trigger, from nerve. And what if, with every bark or bite, we thought about the blubber tones behind our every moment? What it actually takes to move into the sun? And how I love you, when the sensitivity you cannot hide, with words you cannot take back, with teeth that cannot fit in a closed mouth, with faith that cannot help but lift you somewhere. You learned to trust the growing part of you to let you home. You did. You do it daily, so brave and strong. Your forward face, your growing bones, your wisdom.